to be a DJ. In the year 3013, everybody want to be a producer. In the year 3030, everybody want to tell you the meaning of music. Yo, I must appeal to you people with your faculties, because everybody else is going to laugh at me. We'll try to get over and take a crack at me The universe is one, I see what rap can be Glorious, put in the Smithsonian on podiums for holy hymns But you see who's controlling them Fuck myself off, cause of the egotistical mode I'm in No, I can't slap you no five When you and your cutty is talking shit about me outside People take pride in what they have no hand in Sort of like a phantom, holographic handsome But deep inside, he wanna do what his man does Just because his peers cheer and clown And when you six feet deep, no one hears you now They said we not compatible like deers and cows and owls So many rules and regulations say you're not allowed Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the last episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you so much for listening to me over the past two years. And I've, uh, as I worked out loud to get to know myself and really do some thinking about anything and everything it seemed like. Before my trip to Peru, I took my kids to a bookstore. And while they were out picking books, I kind of wandered around the store. And for some reason, I was drawn to this area and started looking at the books. And I ended up in the psychology section. So no shock there. After a minute or so, I had several books by Carl Jung in my hand and seemed to settle on one particular one right away. It's titled The Undiscovered Self. And I just really didn't read it. I packed it in my suitcase. And then I actually opened it up for the first time on the plane trip to Peru. Now, the first eight pages of this book absolutely blew my mind apart, and it seemed to articulate almost perfectly where I got to in my thinking while doing this podcast. And this book is also the reason I'm ending this podcast. So please sit back, relax while I sum up what I've learned, and more importantly, what I am going to do about it. I will use a few quotes from this 1957 book, the Undiscovered Self by Carl Jung. So the link is in the description. It's an unbelievable read. After World War I in 1917, Carl Jung wrote the following, quote, The psychology of the individual corresponds to the psychology of the nation. What the nation does is done also by each individual. And so long as the individual does it, the nation also does it, end quote. And that makes so much sense to me. Only a change in my attitude as an individual will even begin to change the attitude and the psychology of the nation. And I've tried in the beginning to elicit some curiosity in other people to hopefully change their attitudes. However, the more I dug into things, the more I came back to the individual. And today, I finally, as an individual, Understand that only self-knowledge and some type of religious experience can combat whatever darkness is on the edge of town. There are a lot of theories on what that darkness is. I did a 10-part series on it called Connecting the Dots. And really my biggest takeaway from the series was if you know yourself, if you really know yourself, you would never sacrifice yourself at the altar of somebody else's interests. Because at every turn, it was made clear to me that the individual was the key to it all. A strong and compassionate individual who walks their own path 
would have respect for the other people that are on their own journey and live in harmony with them versus the people who identify as a member of a group who has to hate the member of the opposing group, even if they're neighbors. Buried in these countless numbers of groups seems to be this absolutism. First is to their cause, but ultimately ends up being traced back to the state. Our civilization is threatened by both world war and that spiritual and moral bankruptcy that seems to be spreading across the West. And this isn't new. I mean, since the end of World War II, the threat has always been there and people have been trying to raise the alarm. Back in 1957, Carl Jung wrote, quote, we have no reason to take this threat lightly. Everywhere in the West, there are subversive minorities who, sheltered by our humanitarianism and our sense of justice, hold the incendiary torch ready with nothing to stop the spread of their ideas except the critical reason of a single, fairly intelligent, mentally stable stratum of the population, end quote. What an amazing thinker and writer. That's unbelievable. Let's look at what he just said through the 2023 glasses, because we still have no reason to take this threat lightly. We currently have a spiritual and moral deficiency epidemic in this country. Most every major city has some subversive minorities at work. Can you maybe think of some organizations that burned down and looted their own home cities? Subversive minorities that have no problem hurting their own under the guise of helping them? Meanwhile, we are all protecting them and defending them. It's our humanitarianism, our sense of social justice that is allowing the spread of their hateful ideas, dangerous rhetoric, and just destruction. The masses are powerless to stop this out of the fear of being accused of not being a nice and tolerant person. That's where we got into the masses, by the way, that are pushed beyond their morality to be tolerant to the dumbest and most dangerous shit I've ever heard of. And there's nothing to stop the spread of that dangerous contagion except... The critical reason of a single, fairly intelligent, mentally stable strata of the population. It was true in 1957, still true today. So it stands to reason that the more individuals who seek self-knowledge in a religious experience we have, the greater our chances are of changing the psychology of the nation. And the bigger the political groups, the more powerful they are, the more successful they are at stomping out any insights or reflection that an individual is capable of. And why I love history and why I've referenced history a lot on this podcast is because history has shown us time and time again that this behavior of the masses leads us to doctrine, to authoritarian tyranny, if the people succumb to this weakness of our minds. And once the emotion gets cranked up high enough, rational argument becomes impossible. I feel like that's where we're at, or at least that's how it's being portrayed. And I tried reminding people that, hey, a few cannot control the many. I warned that the narratives that they are broadcasting on high are by a very small group of people. Yeah, it's a small group, but it feels like everyone thinks that. It feels like everyone's doing that. And that is to make you afraid to question it, to go against 
the masses, to go against the herd. Because in reality, most of the population doesn't even believe the narratives. Majority of this population doesn't even trust the people telling them the information, whether it's the news, the government. They don't trust anybody, yet they still listen and follow them because they're scared of what might happen if they exercise some reason or critical thought that goes against the herd. The real danger isn't the few, and it isn't their power to control the narratives. The danger is in the so-called normal person who does not possess enough self-knowledge to resist the immoral, to resist the hate, to resist the shit that's not true, to resist the fear. Self-knowledge is not how well you know yourself, your, your ego personalities. Self-knowledge is a lot like your knowledge of your own anatomy, right? Although you live in your own body and you think you know it really well, I mean, do you know what your appendix does? Do you know where your thyroid's located? Do you know how exactly your gut microbiome controls your own brain? Right? Self-knowledge is a matter of getting to the facts of you. Facts versus rhetoric. There's a lot of noise distracting you. There's a lot of rhetoric that's hurled your way from the time you're born to the time you die. And you can't guard against it until you can at least identify what it is. Identify what's attacking you. How they are attacking you with it. You need to understand the who, what, where, when, and why of it to defend against it. And self-knowledge is getting to the individual facts, period. You can take all those theories, all the rules of thumb, all the statistics, the wives' tales, all of that shit that is not an individual fact about you, the individual, and you can throw that shit in the ocean like old Rose Dawson. To understand an individual human being, you must set aside all of the statistics, all the scientific knowledge, all the theories to be able to be completely unprejudiced. Because you either have an open mind or you have presupposed generalities. And this, whoo, this one was my big gripe with most of our scientific and medical community with the pandemic. The doctors were equipped with all their stuff, right? All their statistical models and their, their training to follow the narrative of Big Pharma. All their tools of generality. Yet they were tasked with treating a sick individual who required individual care. Jung also said in the book, the more schematic the treatment is, the more resistance it calls up in the patient and the more the cure is jeopardized. No shit. I had some major resistance to my doctor trying to preemptively treat me, a healthy individual, with some one-size-fits-all treatment. So here I am thinking the doctor is supposed to treat the sick individual, not an abstract illness. Well, it's that kind of thing. And they kicked me out of my doctor's office because I, like so many other individuals, severely underestimated the psychological effect of the assumptions of the herd. I mean, seemingly the whole world was operating on an assumption that the state, the ones who sold us the panic... The ones who sold us the cure were telling us the truth. The truth of there's this magic one-size-fits-all solution to a very complex problem within several complex systems. 
Individuals were steamrolled, coerced, ostracized, pushed aside in favor of the sage words of anonymous elites who were profiting while pushing the population into a mass formation. Instead of hearing the words of brave individuals, we were subjected to the, well, according to the place, the name of organization here that's currently profiting off of this. That's all you heard from. At the top of the misinformation circus was the abstract idea of the state. Oh, here we go again, Nick, with your communism coincidence shit. Think about this. We lived through a trial run of communism during the pandemic. And if you didn't notice that, and you think that sounds insane, then I would bet you wanted people to do what the state told you to do in order to feel safe and to be safe and to be a good person. Because that made you feel better. Right? Most people did not do their own research. Hell, they made fun of people for reading and trying to educate themselves. Folks, that's fucking communism. Putting the state before the individual, the greater good, all that bullshit. Turning your neighbors in for having people like, holy shit. People outsourced their moral responsibility to themselves, the individual, and replaced it with the policy of the state. Gone were the morals and mental differences between individuals. We had the public welfare. How many times have you heard me say the welfare of humanity is always the alibi of the tyrants? It's not, it's sometimes the alibi. It's always the alibi. That's the only way they can convince people to do dumb shit. People took the goal of their life, the meaning of their life, which is your individual development. And they traded that shit in for convenience and some illusion of safety in the policies of the state. This is a quote from page eight from the undiscovered self quote, the individual is increasingly deprived of the moral decision as to how he should live his own life and instead is ruled, fed, clothed, and educated as a social unit, accommodated in an appropriate housing unit, and amused in accordance with the standards that give pleasure and satisfaction to the masses. The rulers are just as much social units as the ruled, and are distinguished only by the fact that they are specialized mouthpieces of the state doctrine. They do not need to be personalities capable of judgment, but thoroughgoing specialists who are unusable outside their line of business. State policy decides what shall be taught and studied, end quote. The bigger the masses, the more inconsequential the individual becomes. And that's when they start turning a lot of overwhelmed individuals into slaves without them even knowing it and wanting it. After all, the individual starts looking around and feels like his life has lost meaning because everywhere they look, they're not in lockstep with the public welfare and the raising of others' living standards at their own expense. And we saw worldwide individuals' judgments growing increasingly uncertain of themselves. People fold 
and the responsibility is collectivized. Individuals started delegating their power to a corporate body. Individuals then become a function of society. But society is nothing more than some abstract idea like the state is anyway. So now the state becomes a personality and is expected to take care of everything and everybody. That's where we're at. Today, we're living in a rapacious oligarchy, fighting each other over made-up social issues, constantly being distracted with alcohol, legalized weed, gambling, sports, entertainment, Hollywood. Look over here, stupid. Look over here. We're so divided, so fearful, we're controlled with the dumbest narratives ever conceived by man, told to us by the dumbest fucking people on the planet who are mouthpieces. They're not truth tellers. So when I started this podcast to try and help people, help them see what is required to be a responsible individual, help them fight the weak ass narratives that cannot stand up to the slightest bit of scrutiny. During the past two years, I've challenged most of my strongly held beliefs. And when I thought I got as far as I could, I then went to Peru to see what was hiding in my subconscious. And all that work has reinforced the belief that an individual's responsibility is to their own self-work. Also, in the past few years, my positions have changed significantly. Well, maybe a better way to put that is I, I better understand how to solve the problems that I've been talking about. I started off with rational-based arguments, but then quickly realized that emotion was preventing those from being heard. I was in a habit of just oversimplifying things, and I realized my ego was involved. Because the more I was judged and treated differently because of the way I wanted to live my life the more I would try to defend my beliefs and solutions. Well, guess what? I don't mean shit. I realized I was just another person telling you what you should do. I wasn't selling you a product, wasn't asking for your money, but I was trying to sell you ideas and maybe a different way to look at things. Recently, I read something in Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, and I'll paraphrase here, but it basically said that life inside your own head is hard enough. Right, That voice inside your head, thats he's not your friend. It's your own worst enemy. Always taking both sides of an argument, trying to convince you of some control in your life. So that's stupid because you can't control anything other than how you experience the present moment you're in. Knowing that, how hard it is to keep your own self in check, to be able to enjoy your life. We are then going to add on to that, that we need other people to behave and act how we want them to. And then only then can we be happy and feel in control. Never gonna happen. I am not subcontracting out my chance to be happy. And I'm not going to ignore my responsibility to myself and to my neighbors on this planet. I'm going to take my own advice and lead by my actions rather than my words. I'm ending this podcast as I close out this chapter in my life. I'm dedicating the rest of my life to living the life I want. I said in a prior episode that it's a game and you don't have to play it. Well, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. I'm going to find some land, a lot of land, and share it with people who also take the responsibility 
to discover themselves seriously. I want to live a life not depending on others. Others that don't share my desire for me to be left alone, a sovereign, free human being. I'm done with institutions that require me to be obedient in order to be a customer of theirs. Banks, hospitals, supermarkets, big box stores, insurance companies, these faceless, soulless places I've been given my hard-earned money to for years. For what? What did I get out of that? The, the privilege of being able to live my life? No, nope, I'm all set. I've been on the receiving end of a losing deal for a while. I love to talk about free market capitalism because it has an exchange between two parties. Two, where both parties benefit. How have you been benefiting from your business dealings with your corporate masters? Have you been winning any of those? I haven't. It feels like I've been paying for services and I'm only receiving a fraction of what I was promised. It's everywhere and we're all used to it. I am going to be a responsible individual and not rely on anyone else to be happy and to enjoy my life. So I need to update my advice I have given in the past. Before you can think critically, before you can identify and solve the world's problems, you need to know yourself. I was willing to do hard work and look at how I was to blame for my problems. I had a lot of help from great friends whose selfless service to others is nothing short of awe-inspiring. It takes a village, not a political party, not a social justice group, not a government, and not unelected elites. It takes a village of responsible individuals who care and look out for each other. So I'm going to build a village, live the life I've always wanted to live, free from the hooks of the matrix and depending on other people. I'm going to find some other responsible individuals to live with. I'm going to teach my girls what being a real man looks like, and I'm going to make my wife feel my love for her every day. What are you going to do?
Sure. 